It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. And the show continues. We're with NFL superstar Chris Jones, uh, most recently with the San Francisco 49ers, won a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots. Chris, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks uh, for having I'm me. I'm glad to have you on. I love getting inside NFL players' minds and heads to find out about you know, what they believe in, what they care about, from fatherhood to social causes to charities and foundations. I hear you have two young sons of your own. Yep, I have two little boys. Our oldest is Maverick and our youngest is Kavanaugh. Okay, how old are these little ones? So our oldest is he's a year and a half and our, our youngest he's five months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So close together. <laughs> I mean, how do you manage a you know, a twenty hour a day job like the NFL and being a father? I have to give all that to my wife, Angela. She's uh she's definitely the our rock and she's the one who keeps us all together. She does that. She she takes care of me. She <laughs> she preps me for work and takes care of me when, when the job is getting stressful and you know, really I I couldn't ask for you know a better wife and life partner. Uh, is there are there plans to keep the you know the baby machine going? Are you going to have maybe eleven? You're going to get a starting uh, starting offense. Hey, yeah, we're, I mean we're almost there. Um, maybe it, we might work towards a little basketball team. I don't know, I don't <laughs> you know might have five. <laughs> yeah, might have five. Um, yeah, we we plan on having more kids. I think having these two real close together, we want to focus on them because right now it's it's a lot to to raise these two together. Have two under two is is pretty tough because if it's not one, it's the other that needs something. And if one's napping, the other has to be awake. And then we're giving that one attention. And then, you know, we're just going back and forth constantly. So we plan on having more kids, but we want to make sure that we're, these two are set first. Well, I can uh, encourage you um, to ask your I guess mentors in the NFL. I'm sure you look up to them for advice on how to, you know, read defense and stuff from uh, the offensive line. But uh, don't be afraid to ask them about advice for on, on fatherhood and how they manage that time. I have some friends that played for the Indianapolis Colts, mm. and in retirement now, they're middle aged. One of their biggest regrets was not trying to figure out how to be more involved with their kid's life during that hectic part of their career. Because when you know, 10 years, whatever you get out of the NFL, when it's over with, I mean, you'll have all the time in the world to be a father and be uh, engaged. Uh, and you might, I'm not accusing you of not no, being no, no. engaged. I'm just saying this time is going to fly by. I know at my age how fast time goes. Now that you have kids, it's going to go so fast. Yeah. So uh, don't ta- I guess don't take that for granted. That's one of my regrets with my kids is just I wish I could go back in time and just mm-hmm. have them be the ages that your kids are right now. I'm very jealous of you from that respect. Oh, well, I appreciate it. And you know, I feel like my wife and I, we, we try our hardest to give them, and I try to give them as much attention as I can. And, and like you say, with the job, I do get a little bit more tired. Um, and I, I actually understand what you're saying there. There's sometimes I feel the same way where I feel like, you know, am I, I ask myself the question, am I giving them enough, you know, love, attention, or, you know, things that they need to help them really develop as, you know, young kids and hopefully into young adults and really my, my goal is for them just to be you know great godly men and that's just what I want them to be when they, when they grow up that's the goal that's a great goal Chris Jones is our guest he's a father and a, a NFL player a Super Bowl champion with the uh, New England Patriots this is a show about social awareness but real quick for fun uh, best Super Bowl memory Man, I mean, I, I guess I have to use really the play from from the Super Bowl. You went from the game, or uh, from the game, from the, not from the whole season, just from that specific Super Bowl that you were in. Honestly, I was in on the play that Malcolm picked the ball off, and 
and I was I was explaining um, to to Rob and a few other people like the the feeling of of seeing that I had three different emotions going on or three different thoughts in my head. So I was either I was gonna turn around and block after I saw the interception, and then I decided to like celebrate and I was gonna take off running, but then I wanted to celebrate with my team, so I turned around and I started celebrating with everybody in the pile that was there. And at first I thought it was Darrell Revis who picked off the ball. So I'm in the, in the pile yelling, yeah, Reeve, way to, way to go, man. And then I end up seeing Malcolm's number. I'm like, yeah, Malcolm. I just changed it <laughs> right, right off the spot. I was like, oh, way to go, Malcolm. And because Malcolm go. was like this free agent, like, you know, he was their third corner coming in because we had Brandon Browner and Darrell Revis, you know, guys who were all pros at one point in uh, in their careers. And you know, it was just it was just an awesome moment at that because and a friend of mine Ryan Wendell he was the center starting center for us on that on that team, you know he 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 said it because there's a picture actually that I have, um and it's me jumping in there and I was like I was the first one to know that we had just won the Super Bowl because I turned around as soon as I saw it and just started celebrating and. And it's a pretty neat picture too. It's just me jumping in the air while he's in the like on the ground, and other guys are like getting on top of him. It was it was it was unreal. That so was, your the pass rush is what made that possible. Oh, absolutely! Right, that yeah. was all you. Baby. Well, yeah, all me. <laughs> well, let's talk real quick about uh, your college days, Bowling Green. Uh, we work a lot with college athletes on community service, and I'm sure th- through your four years at Bowling Green, you did a lot of community service, maybe working with the Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. Or uh, does any community service project? Uh, stand out in your mind? I know I'm putting you on the spot. Yes. Um, you know, really not throughout college, but I remember throughout high school, I, I, I did a lot. Um, I worked with uh, yeah, kids with special needs throughout throughout high school and middle school. Um, and that was one of my biggest memories. I think better memories is being able to go out and play with them and, um, you know, just really just be able to hang out with them and just be able to treat them and let them know that, you know, there's people here that care, that they're really just a part of our community like they're they're not a separate entity they're they're, they're really one of us that's fantastic chris jones is our guest nfl player uh played college at bowling green yep. gotta ask you about the logo on the side of the helmet um the falcons right okay yeah and I, I had a buddy that went to bowling green and i used to give him so much heck because that falcon to me the old logo looked like a, a, chi- a fried chicken restaurant logo Oh, you know, yeah. you know the old logo, the old one, yeah. And so, I, you were there with a the new logo, right? Yeah, yeah. So, did you see the crossover? Did you was your freshman year the old logo, or when did that logo pop? No, the um, well, the old logo was still on the stadium, I think, when I when I got there, but on our helmets we had the new logo, and then like it was really, I think it was like either the year before the, my freshman years they they started to transfer everything over to the to the new Falcon. It was like the, it's BG with the new looking Falcon on, and they have that on the helmets now. Yeah, the new Falcon, it's slick. I mean, he looks mean, intimidating. The old Falcon, I'm talking. He has an eye. It, it it looks like a fried chicken restaurant logo, kind of like Chick Fil A. It looks like the Chick Fil A logo to me, and I never thought that was very intimidating until Bowling Green, <clears throat> excuse me, beat Purdue. <laughs> yeah, and really, yeah. I don't know. When was that back in? Was that Urban's days? They did that. Uh, oh, beat Purdue. Yeah. No, I mean this is fairly recently. I mean, I remember. Oh, you're talking. Oh, like uh, last year. Okay, before this last season. Well, and even with the with the chicken logo. Yeah. Even with that. Oh, with the I chicken mean, logo. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. been bowling. I mean, the Mac. I mean, in the old days, you could always count on a Big Ten team just rolling over the Mac. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Oh, They're no. getting NFL players. I don't know how. You know, times have changed. Yeah, I think kids are starting to realize you don't need to go to a big school to make it to the NFL. And that's like the final goal of a lot of kids. And really, if you look in the MAC, the MAC, I've always said, is the most competitive conference in you know the NCAA as far as football goes. And I, I still stand by that, that 
today. It doesn't mean there's necessarily the most talent, they're the best teams, but they just, like, every team is so close in talent and skill that, you know, it's like every year there's a new team that's being, you know, a cha- that's a champion in the yeah. in the MAC, and I think it, that's great to have. It, you know, it's not like Alabama or Ohio State, those teams that are just constantly rolling over teams in their own conference and MAC schools. Um, but I, I mean, I, kids are seeing that, and they're going to school, and they're like, hey, I can play here for four years and then go and play on an mm-hmm. NFL. Final question for you. You mentioned earlier your goal is to raise godly men, mm-hmm. your sons. Um, so I'm be- I got to believe that after the game, you're part of the prayer at the 50-yard line oh, when yeah. the teams come together and yep. pray. Yep. How, how hard is it or difficult is it to, you know, for, for four quarters, want to just cream the guy in front of you mm. and then turn it off on a dime and go pray with the same guy? Because you're praying with the guys from the other team too. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, football is a game where you, uh, you obviously have to have some violence and you know, that's involved throughout the whole game. And I think, you know, really you got to look at it as, you know, I'm playing this game for God's glory. I'm not playing this for myself. And that's really since I started in the NFL, I've, I've taken that approach um, with me. And I've prayed before every game, asking God to, you know, you know, keep everybody healthy. That's my that's my first prayer. Then I, at the end, I say, this is all for your glory. And, um, and thank you for keep allowing me to play this game, you know, another game. And, you know, at the very end, it's, it's the same thing. Thank you for keeping us healthy, those who are hurt. Um, we pray that you heal them quickly, and um, you know, thank you. This game is all for your glory. Win or lose, um, the game is for him. So we all we all play the game with the same violent intent, um, but the, at the end, we we understand that it's not we're not playing it this way for just our glory. It's for for his glory. Fantastic stuff, Chris. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. Get to know Adam at AdamRitz.com. Get to know the radio show at AdamRitzShow.com. We're blessed to have Lee Lonzo as our guest today. Hi, Lee. Hi, Adam. It's great to be back with you. You're a friend of the show, and I, I'm, uh, I'm so happy to have you as a resource for what we talk about concerning bullying and hazing. We touch on a lot of social issues with this radio show, and we lean on experts to provide uh, insight to these issues, and you are an expert within uh, the bullying and hazing arena. Um, you own and operate Lee Lonzo Consulting. You're also the program director for uh, the kickoff program, which is a mentoring um, I guess, company, entity with high school uh, seniors mentoring the incoming freshmen. So you're doing a lot of great stuff with high school students and student athletes. Um, and we bring you back on the show to talk uh, more about bullying and hazing. Are there any hot buttons happening uh, in your world that we need to know about? Well, <clears throat> yeah, Adam, uh, it, it's that time of year. It's it's the exciting time of year. Uh, Friday nights all across the country, people are getting really excited about high school football. And if you're involved in any of the numerous fall sports, it's a really exciting time. The downside to that is that's usually when hazing on athletic teams rears its ugly head. So uh, that that's my hot spot right now. That's what we're talking about. It always seems that hazing or uh, the it's a crime too. I think that's uh, that's one of the things kids um, just don't get is hazing. It's a criminal act, and I think I'm pretty sure it's a felony too if you're involved with hazing well here's the way it works adam uh 42 of the 50 states have an anti-hazing statute on the books and they're all different but here's where the kids really get messed up um if i lay my hands on you that's either assault or battery depending on what state you're in and, and that does rise to a felony. So when I start grabbing kids, holding them down, doing anything that they may consider horseplay, it's not horseplay because as soon as I put my hands on somebody else, it's a crime. That's assault. Yeah, absolutely. 
And a lot of these stories we see, at least with the college level, I work with a lot with college athletics. I'm amazed at how many student athletes do something criminal and mindless and stupid three days before the first game of the year. What, what is it about, you know, you mentioned it's high school football season. We're underway. It's the beginning of the season. What is it the electricity, the excitement? Why are kids making bad decisions, especially in high school locker rooms? Well, uh, really, that's what I wanted to talk about today. Let, let's first of all verify that that is happening. While all this excitement's going on, there's been a couple of national stories that have caught the news. One is a high school in Memphis, Tennessee, and um, the week of opening night, they had to forfeit the game because of a uh, alleged hazing incident. They obviously thought it, there was enough credence to it. They just forfeited the game. There's police involved investigating it, and all of the coaches have been under uh, certain uh, disciplinary action for what they did. Wow. Takes time away from the, the the football coaches, the athletic director, the principal. This is raised all the way to the superintendent level. So that's in Memphis, Tennessee, and at the same time over in Brentwood, California, same type thing going on. They didn't forfeit the first game, but they... <clears throat> They played it without five of their seniors who were under investigation. Once again, the police are involved. So it is happening right now. Now, here's what I think is the answer to your question. It's not the excitement. One of the things that characterizes hazing is it's an initiation. It's you have to do this to earn your stripes, to be, okay. be one of us. So every time you start a new season, that's typically when you see it. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have it in the middle of a season because I've certainly had to deal with it. But. But uh, typically, it's right at the beginning of the season. Okay, we've, we've made it through two-a-days. We're getting ready for the first game. Oh, wait a second. Th those freshmen haven't quite earned their stripes yet. We're going to do something to them. And that's why you see it this time of year. Lee Lonzo is our guest, a hazing expert. We're talking about hazing, uh, especially at the high school level with high school, uh, the fall sports season now underway. Uh, and it's, it happens. I mean, people want to, I guess, turn their, their head to look the other way. But it's happening, probably happening at, at your high school. Uh, what can, I guess, the parents and the teachers do about this to forward think before something tragic happens? Sure. Well, well, first of all, let's talk about whether or not it really is happening at your school. And the chances are yes. I know a lot of parents and coaches and athletic directors want to think it's not happening. But there's been a couple of studies recently. I think last time I was with you, I talked about the Alford study that said 48% of all kids who were involved in high school activities were hazed. It was repeated that I recently found in a, in a 2009 study by the University of Maine, same thing, 47% statistically insignificant. So it is happening. I mean, kids are getting hazed. Uh, just because it hasn't happened at your high school yet or it hasn't come out at your high school yet probably means you have it uh, but what can they do? Well, there's a lot of great things, and maybe we can talk about this in future episodes. But uh, the first thing I'd like to talk about is, is making coaches aware that they're sometimes adding to the problem. And here's what I mean. Most coaches want to make it special for the seniors. They need senior leadership. And sometimes they give away privileges to the seniors, and they become kind of entitlements. You haven't really earned it, and I don't spend enough time saying, 
thing, with this privilege comes responsibility. So you get some, some kind of hang-on seniors who haven't really added that much to the program, but now they're seniors, now they think they, can, they are entitled, and they decide they're going to take it out on the freshmen. Well, as a coach, as an athletic director, you got to make it really clear you're going to have privileges, but one of the biggest responsibilities you have is to bring this team together, not divide it, and certainly not do anything that's going to detract from what we're all about and what we believe in. So the coaches need to know about this with their senior class and the leadership. What do the seniors need to know about this? Well, uh, that's really interesting, Adam, because that, that's what I'm spending a lot of time doing right now. I, I'm working with high schools. They bring to be, together senior leaders, senior captains, and oftentimes it's a captain's council. And, and we have a great time. That's one of the things you have to realize. This is not a negative topic. This is a very positive topic where we can talk about leadership skills. We can talk about the things that they need to do. We can talk about the values that they cherish. And in a lot of cases, I'm going in and I'm saying, okay, I know there's some negative things out there that are associated with this initiation. How can we replace them with something that's positive, something that reflects the values of what you're all about? Some of the most uh, <clears throat> ingenious have been, let's do some community service. Let's bring the team together as a group. Let's go out and, 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 and go to the senior nursing home, or let's uh, let's help kids out at Riley Children's Hospital. Let's bring ourselves together with something that we can be proud of, instead of something that we're going to have to hide because it's really a distraction to what we we're all about. Lee Lonzo is our guest, national expert in hazing, works with high school student athletes. Before I let you go, I wanted to bring up a story that um, that I follow from from some of the arenas I work with from a high school student athlete perspective. And anybody listening to this, especially if you have a son or daughter in high school, please go Google Tony Farmer. Tony Farmer, it, I, sh I was going to say was or is, I, I, I guess I should say was, was a top 100 high school basketball recruit out of Ohio, recruited by Michigan State, Illinois, big, huge Division I colleges. This guy's six foot seven. He's got his life in front of him, and it's going to be a beautiful life. When he goes, you get a Division I scholarship to Michigan State that's been to 17 Final Fours in the last six weeks. <laughs> he was convicted of domestic violence after beating up his girlfriend and sentenced to three years in prison. And this video of him in court getting sentenced to three years in prison, he can't believe it. He still doesn't accept responsibility, no accountability. He, his knees buckle, he collapses in court. And this seven, eight, he's 18, this 18 year old man has now not only victimized a woman by beating her, but has uh, altered the, the remaining 80 years of his life in such an adverse, negative way. It is an unbelievable story and video, and every single high school student-athlete needs to Google Tony Farmer and watch this video and read the story about how his decisions have affected so many lives. So please, I encourage you to look that up too, Lee. I, I will definitely do that. I've heard about that case, and unfortunately you see him and hear about him all across the country. I think we're really doing a disservice to, to our athletes athletes, particularly our standout athletes, to, to give them the, this feeling that they are entitled, that they can do no wrong, uh, and it's a disservice to them and their schools and society in general. So great suggestion. I'll go home and look that up, and I hope your listeners do too. Lee Lonzo on Twitter is? 
at Lee Lonzo. Pretty oh, simple. Just that easy. At Lee Lonzo, and it's L-O-N-Z-O. That's correct. No A in front of it. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to bringing you back as our hazing expert on uh, the Adam Rich Show on future episodes. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, and I can't wait to be back. Get socially technical with the Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social, technically. Okay, we pride ourselves in traveling the country to bring you stories of inspiration and charity. And today, uh, we're not traveling the country. We are, if I can use this term, we are trotting the globe. There it is. To uh, bring you this interview, we are with Harlem Globetrotter, Shane Scooter Christensen. Hi, Scooter. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm so honored to be speaking to a Harlem Globetrotter. I mean, this is everybody boy's dream. Thank you. It's, it's, I've been truly blessed and uh, this is my 10th year with the team so I, I, I've, been, uh, I've been around the world goodness over 75 different countries and to still be doing it and having fun at this at this stage of my career I, I couldn't ask for nothing better. I mean you truly are trotting the globe. You've seen the planet. You are bringing uh, goodwill and right. charity to smiling faces across the planet. I like talking to uh, athletes about uh, what they mean outside the world of sports. Yeah. Uh, the Harlem Globetrotters for how many years now? Almost 100? <laughs> it's our 89. 89. Yeah, we started in 1926. 1926. Yeah. What a rich history of bringing smiles yeah. to families' faces. So I want to start there. Okay. Um, your take on making a family smile. I mean, a lot of professional sports, there's a lot of outside issues that right. might be unsavory. Right. With the Harlem Globetrotters now, for almost a century, it's right. been nothing but smiles and positivity. I tell you what, uh, I think that's the best gift that we can give back to our fans is to smile because a smile goes a long way because sometimes you know, we, we go to different countries and we may not be able to speak the language that well, but we get that message across every single time. And you see little, you see little kids smiling and it goes a long way. They'll remember that forever. And how you know that is because anytime we're walking through the airport or going to the hotel, we'll see uh, a, a, a couple that saw the Globetrotters when, the, when there's Meadowlark Lemon and Curly Neal. And yeah. now they're bringing their kids to see the big easies and the scooters and all this and such and such. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Yeah, so I mean, so it, we're trying to keep that tradition alive and we know we're doing our job. So you've been a Globetrotter for 10 years. Let, 10 me, years. let me find out about you a little bit. Where'd you play college basketball? Uh, University of Montana in Missoula. So okay. uh, born and raised in Las Vegas, went hot straight to cold. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but after that, actually, I played for a couple minor pro leagues. I was trying to play pro ball, go overseas. Nothing was panning out. I wound up being in a video coordinator, assistant video coordinator for the Phoenix Suns okay. NBA team and became a practice player for them and then later on became a Globetrotter. That's how it happened for me. No, that's so interesting. Yeah. So when you're uh, on staff with the Phoenix Suns yeah. uh, in the NBA, the most elite players in the world, oh, were yeah. those guys like Scooter? You could be a Globetrotter. I mean, were you doing tricks with the ball and juggling and stuff? It's, it, to be honest with you, I was just actually, it was a pickup game where they saw me. They were actually looking at another guy because, you know, we run pickup games on the weekend all the time. And it wasn't like I was doing tricks on the side. I was actually playing a game of basketball. And they was like, well, who was that kid? They said, well, that's our assistant video coordinator, Shane. He just helps us out. They said, man, he can play. And then they invited me to the camp and 10 years later. But when I first started, they had a competitive team and then they had a show team. But uh, once they saw what I could do with the basketball, because I told them my inspiration was Pistol Pete Maravich. Okay. And I used to do all kind of stuff with the ball just to help my ball handling for a competitive. And once that took over, they said, man, you need to stay show. 
So that's so what I did. Before we get to some of the Globetrotter okay. charities, tell right. me about that showmanship, your ball handling skills. What's your favorite trick? My favorite, what I'm known for is uh, spinning the basketball on my nose <laughs> and in my head. I'm actually in the Guinness World Book Records of the longest of spinning the ball on my nose. No kidding. I started with, I started with my head and then with my nose, and then I broke my record. I broke my record in 2010, started in 2009, broke my record in 2010, and then someone now has a record of the one on the head. I'm not sure how long, but I still hold the one on my nose. And how long is that? I was like five, I think about 5.5, 5.1 seconds, somewhere like that. So I know I can beat it. I beat it every night out here. So you got to have an intern on the sidelines yeah. <laughs> in the, in the, on the baseboards. I, 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 need, I need somebody to, to make it official for me. That is so cool. Shane Scooter Christensen is our guest. He's a Harlem Globetrotter. Um, i got to tell you, it was my dream as a little boy to yeah. be a Harlem Globetrotter. So I guess, um, you know, the Globetrotters for almost a century breaking down race barriers, too. Because oh, yeah. my parents always, you know, kind of joked, even though you know, I'm a middle-aged man, they're like, you know what, when you were four years old, five years old, when they took me to Globetrotter games, yeah. I always told my parents, I want to be a Globetrotter. And I oh, think yeah. that's cool that a, a little white kid can look at you guys and not see color at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it starts. It started back in the old days. And even before uh, Curly, even Curly Neal told me this, before he became a Globetrotter, his, he said the Globetrotters used to actually play for an all-white crowd and also we used to play for an all-black crowd. You're kidding. Yeah, so, so we, I mean, it starts way back then to where, you, and I think laughter and smiling was it like, okay, goodness, you have to think that back then, like, goodness, okay, we're both laughing at the same thing. We're not so much different. We're the same. That's pretty amazing. When you think about when, when you break it down, you think about that, and you see what it is today. You have to pay homage to those guys that that paid the way for us. You know, so it's just unbelievable. That's well. You and I, we are the same. I just can't. Um, I don't have any world records when it comes to <laughs> doing tricks with basketballs on my nose. So on to Globetrotter Charities. I yeah. know you work a lot with um, military. You do a lot with uh, kids getting healthy and child obesity possibly. Yeah. Tell me about some of the stuff, uh, charity initiatives you guys are involved with. Well, we're known as the Ambassadors of Goodwill. So we have an anti-bullying program. It's called the ABCs of Bullying Prevention. A stands for uh, action. B stands for bravery. C stands for compassion. So we actually go to the schools and talk to the kids about, you know, when we were bullied and they see God a good a glow chatter was bullied of course this bullies not only for kids it happens to adults as well they hear our story and hopefully that situation we make them feel better about handling that situation if you're getting bullied or if you see someone getting bullied we also have a uh, cheer program which is kind of morals and values that we live by cheer is an acronym uh, uh, cooperation healthy mind and body effort enthusiasm and responsibility so we do that and just kind of morals and values then we have a a spin program which means some playtime is necessary so we get kids to to go be active by the hour hour and a half a day where we actually um you know, we encourage them. It doesn't have to be basketball. I mean, kids love playing dodgeball or playing tag or, you know, walking the dog, jump rope. Just being, and just being active and just letting them know that stay healthy is important. And last but not least, we have a smile patrol program, which we actually go to the hospitals for the kids that can't get out of bed. And we go to there go and sign autographs, take pictures, do some tricks, and uh, make them smile. I actually had one time... I did a small patrol program in Vegas, in my hometown, and when I, I came out there, the kid was smiling, and the doctor came out, and he said, you know what? <laughs> that kid hasn't smiled for like two months straight. Oh, man. And, that, and that's the type of thing that, you know, that 
makes you realize this is what I'm doing, you yeah. know, and, it, and it's unbelievable. It's so, you guys, yeah. you know, I look at what the Globetrotters stand for, what they mean, what they do. Yeah. If every organization was like the Globetrotters, this planet would be smooth sailing. Hey, I mean, it's, if, if we can change one person a day, I mean, we're doing our job. So, we, you know, we, we love what we do. You know, we're, 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 we're living two dreams. We're, pl we're playing basketball, but we're also, you know, giving back to the community, which we love to do. Do you ever watch uh, another player, even if it's in high school somewhere, a no-name kid somewhere that does some trick and you're like, I got to learn how to do that and oh, bring it out on the court. Oh, yeah. I mean, you see it all the time on TV and uh, on the Internet. There's some kid out there just, just unbelievable with the basketball. And you're just like, God, that kid, he's got it. You know what I mean? But I always tell people at the same time, too, that, you know, Globetrotters is not all about tricks and stuff. I mean, you have to have the right attitude to be a Globetrotter as well. Because I can come out here and do some amazing tricks, but if my attitude is not good, can't be a glow chart. Tricks and attitude and skill. I mean, you guys are still, you're dunking and hitting three-pointers. It's not just a bunch of juggling. I no. mean, you guys are good at basketball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to be a good basketball player first, and then, you know, then then the tricks come later, you know. But, you know, I have a good story. Well, but it was like my, my third year. We went to the Notre Dame uh, College, and the college guys were just getting done with their practice, and we were getting ready to come on to practice. And one of those guys said, oh, man, they're just full of tricks. And my, my, my good friend heard it. He said, Let's lace them up. There's no kids. There's no cameras. Let's play ball. Just five on five. We didn't stretch at all, and we we kind of treated them like the Washington Generals that <laughs> that night. And what happened was they came to the game that night. We gave them the water bucket, gave them the confetti bucket. They said, "Okay, okay, we get it." Unbelievable. But that's what it's about. And the guy said, "You understand, man? Some of these guys we played." Pro ball. We, we, we play overseas. You know, some of these guys have been in the NBA and, and we still, we actors still play today. So he goes, okay, I get it, I get it. It's just a it's diff, different ball game. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, before I let you go, uh, we thank you so much for your time and all you do with the Globetrotters. It's Shane Scooter Christensen. Um, you've been playing 10 years now yeah. for the Globetrotters. Uh, how long is the tenure with the Globetrotters? How long do you play? And then um, what's next for you? You know, I. As long as I'm doing my job out there, I'm still loving what I do, and the organization loves what you know what I'm doing. Now, I, I I don't know when I stop. I've been playing ball since I was five years old. If I wasn't playing basketball, I actually probably be like a motivational speaker for, uh, or a coach, or teaching kids because I just grew up. I mean, I love the game that much. I know I was going to do something with this with this ball, and I'm and I'm living my dream right now. Well, we can't wait to watch what you do yeah, in this current part of your career. Yeah. Uh, at the game today, I brought my kids with me. We're looking forward to your tricks and your showmanship. And uh, as always, I like seeing what you do off the court with your integrity and character. Thank Shane you. Scooter Christensen, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.